This is Debbie, and welcome to another brand new episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditch the norm to live their best life and become location independent. This week, I speak with Jenny Locks, who is the founder of Digital Nomad Girls, a platform that inspires and connects location-independent women around the world. Before creating Digital Nomad Girls, Jenny was studying to become a scientist. Midway through her schooling, she realized that what she thought she had to do was not really what she wanted to. So Jenny and her boyfriend packed their bags and traveled the world. Little did she know it would lead to the most nerve-wracking and fulfilling time in her life. Traveling gave her the opportunity to discover how to become a digital nomad and encourage others how to do the same by creating Digital Nomad Girls. Today, Jenny continues to travel the world and has created a successful community where female remote workers can find and support one another. Listen on to find out how to find a supportive community as a digital nomad. for joining us for this interview with the wonderful Jenny, Jennifer from Digital Nomad Girls. Hi, Jenny. How are you? Hello. Hi, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. It's such an honor to have you here because a lot of my listeners want to do the life that you are currently doing right now. So this is so exciting. Thank you for having me. It's very exciting for me too. (laughs) (laughs) So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and why you live an offbeat life? Um, Yes. So um, my name is Jenny. I am originally from Munich in Germany, but I'm currently in Bulgaria and Sofia. Um, I work and live location independently. And um, I guess my story is is a little bit unusual in that I used to be a scientist, actually, in my old life, as I call it, because I kind of left that all behind about five years ago now. Um, I used to be a chemist, working in the lab, researching, doing all that thing, and then decided I wanted to go travel. And I uh, I always say I swapped my lab coat for a backpack and I hit the road. My boyfriend and I, we went on a round-the-world trip, which was supposed to last a year, but it ended up lasting only seven months because we ran out of money, but we had kind of anticipated that. So we ended up in Australia on a working holiday visa. So we we managed to extend our travels by another year. But at the end of that year, we were like, hmm, we're not quite ready to go home yet. We want to continue traveling. And we didn't really know how to fund that until we found out about digital nomads. And we decided, yep, that's what we want to try. And we decided to go to Chiang Mai um, because we heard it's like a really great place for digital nomads. It's it's affordable. There's a big scene there. And we just thought, well, we'll try it out there. Um, and that's kind of what happened. So it's, it's a long, it's a very long story. It wasn't very direct. But now um, it's been three years since we started, just over three years. And I now run a my own business called Digital Nomad Girls, which is a community for location independent women or women who want to live location independently as well. It's really incredible what you've done in just three years and also to start living this life and coming from being a scientist to now a digital <laughs> nomad and traveling all over the world. So when you first wanted to do this, when you first wanted to travel and just explore, how were you able to transition out of that life to what you're doing now, even to take that first step to leave Yeah, absolutely. So I can totally relate to those fears. I definitely had them. Trust me, I've had them for years. 
like I said, it wasn't really very straightforward and it was also a process that took quite long. So I think that's really important to always say that to people. This didn't happen overnight. Um, for me, the process started while I was doing my PhD in London. I had already moved away from Munich and I was living abroad. So I already kind of got a little bit of a taste of the the international lifestyle. Um, and then I ended up going on a trip to Israel and that was my first ever solo trip. And I kind of caught the travel bug. I was meeting people who were living in hostels and traveling full time. And it was just this whole new world that I didn't really realize existed. Um, so my, my initial impulse was to quit my PhD and leave, which I then didn't do. I decided to, to stay and finish up my studies in London. The main reason was that I really didn't want to leave London. But I, yeah, I decided right there, I still had about three years left for my PhD. So it was a long time. And this whole time I was basically dreaming about traveling. I was reading nothing else but travel books and Lonely Planets. And I was saving up my money, which is not a lot as a, as a PhD student. Um, but I found some ways to save money. By I was a warden looking after undergrads, that kind of thing. So that's how I managed to save up money to go traveling initially. When I first started off on the round the world trip, the idea was never to become a digital nomad and work while traveling. I didn't really realize that was a thing at the time. Um, I knew that some people were doing that, but I thought this was exclusive to travel bloggers, to be honest. Um, and I didn't realize that there was like a budding movement out there of people who were doing this in different capacities. So when I first traveled, I was, we were traveling as backpackers, you know, backpack, <laughs> moving around very quickly and living in hostels and going with our guidebooks. Uh, it was really exciting and really, really fun. And then we ended up in a, on a working holiday visa. So we stayed in Sydney for a year. And that was when I had suddenly a lot of time on my hands. I was working all sorts of different jobs. So again, I wasn't working digital, digitally then. I was doing all sorts of backpacker jobs, you know, cafes and offices. And I worked in a lab. But I had a lot of time to listen to podcasts because I was commuting. So I ended up listening to a lot of podcasts about digital nomads and location independence. And that's kind of how the seed was planted. Yeah, so... After listening to this for months and months, I was like, okay, maybe we can do this as well. And I still had absolutely no idea how to turn a science education and a science background into something that you can take online. Um, and in the end, that's also not what I did. But what I ended up doing was uh, we arrived in Chiang Mai and the original idea was to start a dropship store, which is basically a form of e-commerce. I really lost interest in that very quickly within a couple of days. Um, and then I was kind of back to square one. I'm like, oh God, what am I going to do? I'm a scientist. I don't know how to make money online. I have absolutely no idea. And it went like this for a few weeks until I realized, okay, the one thing I'm good at is running experiments. So maybe I could turn this whole experience into an experiment. And that's kind of what I did. I decided to research all the different jobs that are out there that you can do online. So I basically read all the blog posts. These are the top 20, top 10 digital nomad jobs. Um, and I decided to try as many of them as possible. I had absolutely no idea how I would do that, but I started writing about it on my blog. I called it my digital nomad job challenge. And I kind of started talking to people about it and I was getting excited and I was starting to look on platforms and yeah, just telling people who I was meeting and kind of that's how it started, to be honest. They heard about it. They found it really cool. And it was like, oh, well, I, I had a friend who was a travel blogger and he had friends who owned, an, uh, owned their own media company. So they were looking for SEO writers. So they offered me a job doing some SEO, uh, writing some SEO articles. And that was kind of my first online gig. And I, I got about $7 for 500 words. <laughs> it wasn't great, but it was a start and it was online. And that's kind of how it started. I just picked up all these random little jobs that I could do online. There was translation and social media work and whatnot. And um, that's kind of how it went. 
And from there, I become became a freelancer. I, I was learning about WordPress because I was running my own website at the time. And as soon as you can build one website, you can actually help other people build websites that I, I realized that. So I started finding clients who needed help updating or you know, publishing content or creating pages for websites, even for their clients. And that's what I ended up doing. So it was a big mix of different jobs. And that's also what I really loved about it. I didn't, the idea of having one career or one job forever didn't appeal to me at all. That's also why I left science behind. I kind of had enough of that. So for me, the idea of being able to do lots of different things and working for myself was really, really exciting. And knowing that you are allowed to change course, right, in your life is such a huge deal because that's another thing that we kind of take on to ourselves. We go to school, we pay for all of that money, you're doing your master's, your PhD, and then all of a sudden you realize that it's really not what you want. And to be forgiving with yourself and to also reaching for something that you really want to do to do it in a way where you can put everything into it without having all of those naysayers <laughs> in your head, especially yourself, because I think we are our own worst critic in a lot of ways with this. Um, absolutely. I could not agree more with that. I, I, the fear of, of kind of giving up what you've invested so much money or time in, like, okay, it's not as expensive as in the States to study, but I had literally invested my whole 20s. Uh, to study in chemistry, you know, it goes from a bachelor's to a master's to different internships and then your PhD. Um, so for me, that leaving that behind was a huge step. And I was absolutely terrified. And that is also the reason why I didn't quit my PhD and do it right away when I wanted to, um, which sometimes I regret, but not really. Um, but yeah, it, it took me three years to actually to really do that. And I remember talking to guidance counselors and at university and going, oh, but I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something else. And they didn't really know. They said, yeah, it's okay to change your mind, but they didn't really have anything else to offer, you know? So changing your mind, it really does take some guts. And I think we're not really told that it's okay that you can change your career, you can change your mind, and you can actually do it multiple times. Even <laughs> You don't even have to do it once if you want to do it again. If I wanted to change again now, I could do that too. It's absolutely fine. Most people's lives shouldn't really be about just one thing. We all change. Everything is interchangeable. So that's really good to know and being okay with that. Yeah, definitely. And I, also something um, I think that influenced me quite a lot at the time was a a, a TED talk and a, a blog that I came across, um, which is by Emily Wapnick. And she coined the term multipotentialite, which means um, these are, those are people who have multiple talents and multiple interests and skills, and they don't focus on one job or one career, one niche. So they like to do lots of different things. Um, and I found that right at the beginning when I arrived in Chiang Mai and, and kind of that, that really freed me up in a way because I realized, no, I don't have to find that one thing. It's, it's not necessary. It doesn't, because that's always what we're looking for, right? That one career, what is the one thing I could do? Now I was looking for the one thing that I could do online. And I realized actually there are lots of things I can do. And that really appealed to me. Yeah. And isn't it amazing when you see other people doing what you thought was impossible or you thought that you were the only one that was feeling it and then there's uh, loads of amount of people that actually feel the same way. Now you don't feel so alone anymore. And that's really the community that you've created, Jenny, is a community of digital nomad girls who also feel the same way as you do and want to live this offbeat life that you have lived as well. Um, absolutely. I think 
that is probably the number one thing that I can recommend to people if they want to change anything about their lives. And that doesn't even have to be they want to become digital nomads or work location independently. We tend to surround ourselves with people who are exactly like us. So if we decide we want to change something, it's really, really difficult to find any kind of support or understanding. And that's not because people don't love us or want to support us. It's just not what they know or what they're comfortable with. So for me, I think one of the most important steps for everybody who wants to do something like this is really surround themselves with people who want the same thing. It makes all the difference. Like even when I started meeting travel bloggers, those were kind of the first uh, location independent people I ever met. And as, as soon as I started meeting travel bloggers, I realized, oh, look, it's possible. And, and no, they don't think you're crazy and they want the same things. And and it's fun, you know, and we can learn from each other. I think it's so incredibly important. And the good thing is you can do that before even you change anything. You know, you can connect with people who are already doing the things you want to do online. It's so easy nowadays. Just go to a meetup and learn and ask questions and make friends and it'll make everything so much easier. I absolutely agree with you on that one, Jenny. I feel like when you surround yourself with positive people who can show you that things are possible, everything changes around you as well. Like your mindset changes, your action changes. So that is such a great way to actually do something before you take the leap is to really surround yourself with people who are either in the niche or just super positive and very supportive towards you. So Jenny, what is the one thing you wish you knew before becoming a digital nomad and freelancer? Okay, there's, there, there are really a lot. But I think one <laughs> of the main things is that we all hear this and we all know this on a certain level, but I don't think you realize how much work it actually is until you get started. And I don't mean only sense in in the sense of work because you're working for clients and so on. But um, suddenly you're your own boss. You're the only one really looking out for yourself, the only one who sets your agenda and tells you when you have to do something or where you even have to go. Um, and that's kind of the freedom we're after. And it's absolutely amazing. But it can also be totally overwhelming to suddenly have that kind of freedom because we're not used to it. You know, we usually we're used to having a schedule or a time plan or some kind of, you know, somebody has been telling us our whole lives when we have to do what. And suddenly that's not the case anymore. And I think for me, that was really, really overwhelming. And it took me a long time to kind of get to grips with that and find a good routine or schedule or balance that works for me. And I know that sounds like a really good problem to have, and it is, but it's something that we don't can't really prepare ourselves for before we really do live this life. And it's not taught in school, right? Because this is all of this stuff is fairly new because being a digital nomad or being location independent, it wasn't really as available as it is now. And we're all just trying to learn as we go. And obviously, you have mentors or you have people who have done it before, but everyone's still trying to figure things out. And that's, that's really true. Being an entrepreneur, being a freelancer and all of these things, it takes a lot of hard work and you have to be really diligent and persistent in order to succeed. There really is a lot of discipline involved. Um, it's something that I talk about so much recently, which I would have never expected. <laughs> the word discipline is not what you really associate with this lifestyle at all, but you have to really be disciplined. You have to know yourself and you have to work on yourself constantly. Um, otherwise, it's very, very difficult, you know, because like I said, there isn't anybody else telling you. So I could sleep in until 12 o'clock every day, but I also need to get my work done and I also need to look after myself 
I'm also traveling. So there's a lot of things to be balanced. Um, you want to stay healthy while you're traveling as well, which is really important. Um, so yeah, I think we do not get taught that in school. Nobody teaches that. <laughs> and it can be a little bit of a shock. And in the beginning, it's exhilarating, but then you realize, oh God, this is actually really hard. And I know a lot of people struggle with this. I would say almost everybody I've met who is a digital nomad has at some point struggled with this or or it's an ongoing thing that we have to take care of and, and be aware of and adjust all the time because it's so easy to find a good routine, but then you move country or you go into a completely different time zone and suddenly you kind of lose all of it again because you're in a different setting, everything's different, um, and then you kind of have to start again from scratch. So that's totally normal. And I think it's really good to know at least that everybody else feels like that as well. In a lot of ways, having a nine to five is so much easier because yes. <laughs> you have you have a steady paycheck, you know your routine, you have other coworkers who will take the slack if you can't do something. But being an entrepreneur, being a freelancer, nobody does that for you, right? You're your own boss. You have to do everything yourself. You, you do set your own schedule, but if you don't set it right, you're not going to make any money because then you won't have a steady paycheck or if even it's a really hard balance so it takes very specific and special people to be able to do this and actually stay in this specific industry because it's it's hard and it's a lot harder than your nine to five so that's just the reality of it all people (laughs) (laughs) yeah I totally agree people don't expect that they expect everything to be easier and in a way I'm not saying it's 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 harder or like worse it's definitely better I would never want to uh, you know swap back again but um they are just these are just the realities it's not all just like cocktails by the beach and (laughs) and on rainbows all day long and (laughs) and just travel like uh, there are long days at work where you don't leave your Airbnb or your co-working space because you're just working but that's also fine you know it's it's just it's just real life I think a lot of people think as soon as you start traveling uh all your problems go away everything is perfect suddenly because now you've fulfilled your dream of traveling but the reality is that your life is still coming with you and the issues that you might have or the struggles you might have with your family or your boyfriend or whatever they're still real you know they don't go away just because you're traveling now they're just traveling with you exactly (laughs) your problems are just traveling with you and I I say this too if you just want to travel and you want to travel as much as you want it may not also be the perfect thing for you to be a digital nomad because you have to work while you travel. Now, if you want to do both, that's great, but you're going to be working a lot. Yeah, and sometimes in you're in a country and you don't even get to see a lot of things because you're working so much unless you're there for a really long time. And um, if you do that, then you have to travel slow. But if you just want to travel, then you know, maybe take a sabbatical and do your time off. But it's very different to travel. Um, It's different from traveling just to travel. Yeah, I completely agree. And this is actually something that is almost taboo to say in the digital nomad world, I think, is being a digital nomad is not the only way to travel. And it might not even be the best way for you to travel. You know, I think for me at this stage of my life, it makes complete sense. But I'm not going to lie. I loved my backpacking days. Backpacking and being a digital nomad are two completely different things, you know. And when you're a backpacker, you you don't have anything to worry about. You don't have deadlines. You don't have clients. You don't have, have to worry about time zones and meetings. You're just traveling and you're exploring and meeting friends. And it's just a very, very different lifestyle 
than being a digital nomad. And of course, as a digital nomad, some people might have to work much less than others. You know, if you have a lot of passive income, that's great. And it will give you much more freedom. But the reality for most digital nomads is not like that. It's not a new town every few days and exploring all the time. Uh, Because you know what, it's really exhausting actually to do that. Yeah, so I think you're right. Um, If people really just want to travel, especially young people who have never tried this out, Um, And they hear about digital nomads and they think this is perfect. I would definitely recommend just to go travel first and just, you know, get your feet wet a little bit and explore and backpack and and do all those things first. You need to experience that when you're younger. I mean, I'm in my 30s now and I've done all of those things and you've done all of that as well too, Jenny. And for me, my thing is, is to be location independent and to be having a freedom lifestyle, not because I want to travel all the time, but I want to do something that allows me to have freedom with my own time and freedom to do what I want to do with it, whether it's traveling or just doing whatever it is that I want to do. So it's a lifestyle, right? So you you can do whatever lifestyle you want and you can still travel a lot even with your nine to five. So you just have to see what works for you, whether you're going to be a digital nomad or just someone who stays at home and works or if you want to just have your nine to five and then travel on the side. There's never a wrong answer to that, but you just have to find what's best for you and not necessarily what people are putting out there on the internet and social media. And you definitely have to look for it yourself. I always tend to ask people when they first, you know, they come to me, they say, oh, that's so exciting what you do. I want to do that as well. My first question usually for them is, why do you want to be a digital nomad? And usually they look at me funny because they're like, "Uh, duh, why not? Because it sounds awesome. (laughs) But but there's actually like a real question. The question is, well, do you want to do it because you love to travel or because you hate your nine to five job or because you want to work for yourself? You know, there are lots of different reasons for that or because you hate your commute. Maybe you love your job, but you hate your commute. So there are really a lot of different reasons and a lot of different, each one of those reasons will give you a different path that might be the right one for you, you know, whether that is becoming a freelancer or starting your own business or working remotely. Uh, It's really important to think about why you really want to do this. Because like you said, all of the problems that you have, you're still going to take that with you wherever you're going, whether it's a personal problem or there's issues, it doesn't matter where you are, it's still going to be there. So, you know, traveling is not going to solve your problem unless your problem is you just want to travel the world. And <laughs> yeah, but, but otherwise, you know, we, you have to, to be in the right state of mind. And, and also, traveling changes in different stages of your life. So, you know, in the beginning, you may want to be a backpacker. And then the next thing is like you want to be um, stay at home and then you want to just travel whenever you want to do it. Um, But it's it's so different and so many different aspects to it. So, Jenny, you have done so many different things with your life. What has been the biggest obstacle that you have encountered and how do you usually handle them? Um, definitely by far the biggest obstacle is usually my own mindset. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm very privileged in that I have a European passport. So that is not a barrier to anything I want to do. I have good education. I've had a a good childhood, you know, so I don't have any of those challenges in my life, which I'm very thankful for. Um, but the challenges that I kind of had were usually, just fear of failing or can I really do this? Nobody else is doing this. You know, it's, it's really very much mindset 
related. And I think this is something that most of us struggle with. I see this as a topic in the digital nomad world all the time, especially amongst women. I think we are our own, or we can be our own biggest enemies. Um, so that's something you have to work on continuously. And this is something I did not expect at all. I remember exactly sitting in Chiang Mai in the co-working space and spending a lot of time reading um, about digital nomads and, and watching YouTube videos and, and listening to podcasts and all of that and feeling, okay, yeah, I'm really inspired now. I'm really motivated. Excellent. So I can tick that off my list, the inspiration and the motivation. And now I can do all the other stuff. And it's just so ridiculous because you have to constantly motivate yourself and you have to constantly work on your own mindset and personal development is a huge huge topic in the digital nomad world and for myself as well and I think it makes sense because most of us have kind of broken away from something you know we've we've kind of left our old lives behind or we've we've really made a big change we've had to really step out of our comfort zones and go against what society has kind of been telling us our whole lives that is a normal life or a good life so once we've done that once I feel like each one of us feels like we have to keep going in that same direction. And the only way to do that is by continuous just like development on yourself. You have to try to become a better person. You want to probably become a better business person as well. And and usually what comes with it is also inspiring other people, right? Because suddenly you're doing something that most people aren't doing. So people are asking you questions and they start looking up to you, which is just such a weird thing as well. So I think personal development, definitely working on your mindset has been huge for me. And it's a completely ongoing process. Like I would still say I'm a complete beginner when it comes to this stuff. I'm not very spiritual. So that's also something, you know, meditation and these things. I think that has definitely been the, the biggest challenge. Just, you know, running a business is hard. It's so it can be so hard. It's so challenging. You're the only one in charge of it. You love your business. There are so many things you have to learn and things you don't know. And and stuff that can go wrong every single day. And if you then throw travel in with that, it's just very demanding. And you know what, Jenny, it's really interesting because when we look at someone like you, you look like you have it all together, right? <laughs> and there's so many women out there and men who look at you and think, wow, she has her stuff together. So she must have no um, obstacles in her way. Like her mindset must always be positive. And it's interesting to actually learn that the more you are succeeding, the more doubts you have within yourselves, right? And there's always, especially in the beginning, not even the, in the beginning, like throughout it all, you have that imposter syndrome, or you don't feel like you're doing enough, or are you doing the right thing for yourself and for your audience? So there's always that constant question within yourself. It's really important to let other people know that who are just starting out or who want to do what you want to do that it doesn't really get easier, right? You just get better at what you're doing. And then there's always something that you're striving to do. So even someone who's really up there, they're still trying to get better. So everyone is always struggling with something and everyone is still striving for more. And that's always really good to learn. It's just an ongoing process. And it, of course, like we all do this. Like I compare myself to other people on the internet every single day. It's ridiculous. You know, we know we shouldn't be doing it, but you catch yourself doing it anyway. And then you see those people you look up to and then you hear them talk about it and they do it as well. And it's just crazy because you you look at them and you're like, well, they've got it or they've really figured it out. If I just had a 10th of what they have or what they can do. Um, but you're right. Like whatever comes next, you always want 
it's not necessarily more, but you always want to do better. You know, you see other things and you say, oh, that's great. Wouldn't it be awesome? Like even being on this podcast right now, like I'm thinking, I'd love to have my own podcast. And I've been <laughs> thinking that for a year now, but I need to go one step at a time. And I think that's one of the big problems that we have is that we want to do all the things. We we have all these shiny objects in Rome. We see everything and it's just all so exciting, isn't it? And I think a lot of digital nomads tend to be quite creative people. We have a lot of ideas and we want to try everything out, but it's just not possible. You have to kind of stick with one thing at a time, get good at it, make it work, and then move on to the next one. And it's just, that can be so frustrating. And it's really a long process to learn that, that you know you have to stick with one thing. And it's funny, I have that too. I have that shiny object syndrome. And this year I've actually tried to get better. And the reason why is because I have people who I surrounded myself with who kind of talked me into, you know, you're doing too much, you're trying to do too many things. And again, that's why it's so crucial to have really good people who surround you who can, you know, reel you back in when you're trying to do too many things. It's also really interesting how you talked about you looking up to someone and I look up to you, Jenny, and what you've created with your community. But it's also interesting when you think about it, that the way you look up to other people is how other people look to you as well. So there's other people out there that look up to you, Jenny. <laughs> and, and I'm like, always, my mind is always mind blown when there's people that contact you and they're like, oh my God, I look up to you. And you're like, me? And again, that imposter syndrome comes through again, you know? You've talked to a lot of different people along the way and now you have this really incredible community of women who are digital nomads. And I'm sure you have gotten a lot of advice. You've given some advice as well. But what has been the worst advice that you have ever received yourself? I I can't really nail it down to one single piece of advice. But one of the things that simply doesn't work for me, and I know this sounds really cheesy, but it's actually true, um, is to focus just on the money. Whenever people have said to me things like, Jenny, you need to be doing more here. You could be creating this and selling that, or you should be selling this, or you should be, you know, you're leaving money on the table because the truth is like, there are a lot of different ways that you can make money online. And some people are very good at it and they see all the opportunities. But like we said, there are so many things you have to focus on one thing at a time. So whenever people come to me and say, you're leaving money on the table, do this, do that, the other, that's always when I kind of like, I take a step back and I'm like, hang on, what is actually going on here? Is this really the right advice for me? Because in the beginning, it really threw me. Every time somebody came and that I looked up to, you know, they had good ideas and they are all good ideas, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right idea for me or the right idea for my business at this point. You know, it's, we have time, we forget that and we need to be a little bit more patient. I think people see these overnight success stories of, five figure launches, six, seven figure launches. And they think that's normal. That is the, the the normal standard in the digital nomad world or in online business. And it's just not true. Everything takes time. Everything takes effort. You have to learn, you have to fail. So whenever people come with these schemes of you should be doing, you should be earning this much more now, you should be doing a distance myself a little bit. And that doesn't mean that I don't want to make any money or that I want to not have a profitable business. Um, but Everybody has to find their own way and that works for them. So when people come and they want to send you their launch formulas or whatever, it's just, it doesn't really work for me. So maybe it's great advice for other people, but for me personally, that doesn't really work. Yeah. And you also have to understand that the reason why they've launched that six figure, you know, product is because they've been working on it for like six years or longer. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) 
Exactly. Or they've put $500,000 into ads and they're making $50,000. It's just, you always, always question a little bit what's going on when people tell you that there's some quick money to be made because it's just not the case. There's no shortcuts, right? And the reason why certain people have businesses that succeed right away is they've already failed like five or six of them before and they've learned so many things. So I'm a big believer in that. There's no shortcuts. You just have to do the work. I know we all want it. I want it. You know, you want it too, Jenny. Like we all want it. We want that shortcut, that like magic bean that we could just all take. But it doesn't happen that way. It just takes, again, dedication, motivation to do it and, you know, persistence. You just have to be really persistent. And if you really want this, that's why it's good that you're asking that question, Jenny, of why you want to do this. Why do you want to be a digital nomad? Because if there's no passion into it, sometimes your passion is the only thing that will keep you going because everything else, you're not going to make money or you're going to be making less. And then you need to keep having that drive and motivation in order to continue with whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's digital nomad, or traveling or whatever it is I think it's it's always these shortcuts that people are looking for and you know I, I I've been doing digital nomad I've, the, the Facebook group is three years old but I've only considered myself as D&D to be a business for the last maybe one and a half years so that's pretty early days you know so I could have made much more money if I had stayed in chemistry and science and got a science job you know they can be quite well paying but it's, it's just like you have to do the thing that works for you and, and it's not always the fastest option. And I think a lot of people get disheartened quickly with that. Jenny, you have talked about it a little bit and how you financed being a digital nomad in the beginning. So how are you able to do that and how do you continue to create income today? Well, um, in the beginning, like I said, I was a freelancer. I did um, writing. I still have one writing client at the moment, um, but I'm getting towards the end of that. Um, I had social, my main thing was social media management for a while, um, translation, web design. But like I said, over the last year and a half, I've kind of scaled all of that down and I am focusing more and more on Digital Nomad Girls. So the first thing that I did to actually make some money from it, because people think that Facebook groups are some kind of money machines, but they really aren't. Like nobody's going to give you money just because you run a Facebook group, even if it's a great one. You have to offer people something, you know, or you maybe have to get sponsored posts or whatever. Um, I didn't do any of that. I created a retreat for um, my girls. It was basically an idea born in the community. We were talking about, wouldn't it be lovely if we could meet up for longer? Because we had been doing local meetups, but the girls kind of wanted more. So I, I organized the first retreat. I have absolutely no idea what I was doing. And yeah, it kind of just worked out. We were 14 women from 10 different countries and it was incredible. I completely undercharged. It was my first time that I was selling anything in my whole life. I am completely undercharged. Like I probably should have charged two or three times as much. But I didn't and I don't regret that at all because it was a great experience and such a great learning curve and I learned so much and yeah I've since run three I've, I've run three retreats in total so that is that was the first kind of time that I saw oh hang on look at that I have this community and there is something that I can create for them and provide for them that they would love and that they would also be willing to pay me for just because you have a community that doesn't mean you're making a lot of money at all you have to you have to listen to them you have to create something for them um and the retreat was the first time i realized that i still remember sitting there and thinking oh my god that could be my job i could actually do this <laughs> and people would pay me for that that's amazing because it was just an incredible experience like just so much fun and seeing these women 
connects in real life was just unbelievable. And a lot of them, they work together, they're friends together, they travel together. It's just really lovely. Um, I do make a little bit of money with affiliate marketing, just just very small side income, but it's it's a start. Uh, just by um, recommending either services or products or events that I love and that I've that I either use myself or that I visit myself, it's usually friends of mine that I recommend. And then this year we launched the Inner Circle, which is our kind of exclusive members um, membership that kind of complements the the uh, the free community. It's for girls who just want a little bit more. They want more personal interaction. They want more accountability. They want to learn more. And that's just stuff that I can't really offer on that scale in the Facebook group. It's not possible to do that with 17,000 people. Um, and it's also, for me now, a great way to make this lifestyle sustainable for myself and to offer more to my members because I have to run... D&D as well as a business. So having this membership site is now a really great side income. So what we do is we have um, different things. We do virtual co-working because this is something that we struggle with. Like I said before, you know, you're the only one to keep yourself accountable. So we we pair girls with accountability buddies and we do um, virtual co-working sessions almost every day now, which is amazing. Um, so we meet online and we work together and get lots done and then we have uh, monthly goal setting sessions and we have live q and a's with experts and we bring experts in every month to teach a different topic and like little mini courses so there's lots there we offer lots so i have to also create a lot of content uh, but i love it <laughs> so i read on i was on instagram and one of the things that your latest post was talking about you finally delegating work right <laughs> so <Yes. laughs> so that's that's another thing that people don't talk about is that in order to grow, you have to start delegating because again, there's too many things for you to do as one person. You can't be everything and you can't be everyone. So how did you finally take that step to start delegating your work? Yeah. So this is actually my post from yesterday. So you're very up to date. Uh, <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> really funny. Um, yes, it's been a huge step for me. I'm not going to lie. Outsourcing has not been the easiest for me. I've actually been working on this for a year and a half. <laughs> um, definitely a, a process. I tried a few times to work with VAs and it didn't work out well, not because they weren't great, but because I was not really planning it well or organizing myself well or even outsourcing the right things. I think I looked at it completely in the wrong way. So it's definitely a huge step. But like you said, you can't do everything by yourself. And I've kind of hit that point now um, a couple of months ago where I just realized, you know what, first of all, I can't do this all by myself anymore. And I can't do it all as well as I would like to do it because I do. I am a little bit of a perfectionist and I have a lot of ideas and there are so many things I want to do. And if I'm trying to do all of them myself, they're never going to be as great as they could be. And second of all, there are people who are amazing at their job, much better at many things than I am at these things. So why not just like get them involved and, you know, get some help. But what for me was really the most important kind of epiphany that I had is I love people. I like my whole business is about community and about connection. I'm super extroverted. I think I took the test. It's like 90% extroverted, 96% extroverted. I love talking to people. I can talk to people literally all day long. So why the hell am I trying to run my business by myself? You know, it's just, I was just not enjoying it as much as I should have. And I realized, you know, I'm, I'm running my dream business here. This is actually incredible. If you had told me this three years ago, I would have never believed it. So why am I making it so hard for myself? Like, let's just get somebody in. And of course, the first hurdle is always thinking you don't have the money to do it. And I completely relate to that. I, I'm, you know, my business is new. I was not making or I'm not making tons of money at all. 
but you can hire people really for just 10 hours a month and that can already free up so much mind space uh, headspace and it's it was it's been incredible it's only been a month now since i hired i actually hired two people i went a little bit crazy um <laughs> instead of hiring a va as you would usually go i realized after trying to hire a va i think three times myself that I'm not very good at that. And I kind of tend to just like interview people and really like them and then go, yes, 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 let's work together without actually asking them the right questions or giving them trial tasks. And I'm just it's just not my strength. I decided to hire somebody um, who is a content and project manager. She's very organized. She is one of the girls in my community. She's been volunteering for me for already six months. She's absolutely lovely and she's been so, so supportive. So I really trust her. So I decided to hire her. And she's very good at hiring other people. So she hired a VA for me, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's also one of the things that a lot of entrepreneurs and even freelancers really need are someone to help them, like VAs, or just to delegate some of those tasks. Because yes, it's going to cost money, but it's going to cost you more money when you're not doing the tasks that you need to do. And you're it's actually going to make you more money when you can do more. And I just want to say one more thing to that, because I think it's I think a lot of people struggle with outsourcing or they think they can't afford it or whatever. But I think the question that you need to ask yourself, and this is what my my friend and my now content and project manager asked me before I hired her was what would you do with that time that you're freeing up and not only like oh I would do such amazing things like really sit down and write a whole list like write down exactly what you do like write a whole page full of all the things that you could be doing with the time if you weren't doing the things that you hate because for me for example I was spending so much time scheduling events and scheduling email reminders and simple things like that that I simply don't need to be doing it doesn't have to be me but what does have to be me is, for example, going on this podcast, which I love doing because I love talking to people, you know, um, or creating content, creating videos and, and blog posts. So really think about what you could be doing with that time. I think that will help you realize how incredible it would be to, to start outsourcing. It's amazing. You, I mean, I have a VA now. I'm actually hiring a full-time VA soon. I'm interviewing people, so it's really exciting. But you also have to learn that it takes time to train someone, so you have to be patient with that as well. <laughs> oh, God, absolutely. I could not agree more. This is, I think, the those are the mistakes that I've made in the past. I was just like, I was kind of skipping all the important steps, and then it didn't work, and then they got frustrated, and then it just like didn't didn't work out. So... Now I'm taking it very slowly. It's like one of my goals for this year is really to build a team. So that was on my goals list. I knew, I realized it's not just something that you do within a week and suddenly have a VA. It's something that you have to work on. So for me, the rest of this year is really going to be to to create the systems and the structures and the processes that we can work well to with each other and that they take as much off my plate as possible. Jenny, let's fast forward to 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? Uh, you know what? I think that the whole digital nomad thing and the whole freedom and travel aspect is always going to play a role for me. But I'm actually also very passionate about other things. Um, the environment is one of them. I used to volunteer for Greenpeace. Um, so that's not something I'm currently doing, but I would love to kind of leave a little bit of a mark in that way. And I think... This is something I'm learning still, but I think that the whole digital nomad movement um, and location independence is kind of a move in the right direction. And it's it's not really its own thing. It's part of a much bigger movement of a more minimalist lifestyle and a life that we create that is more about the values, like things that we that we value, experiences that we we value and the connections that are important to us rather than 
all the things that we buy. So I think becoming a digital nomad, you kind of have to become a minimalist. So I think that kind of movement, this is what I want to, obviously I want to inspire as many women as possible from all around the world, not from just privileged backgrounds like myself, to become location independent and to create a love that they love. And that doesn't only have to mean travel. That also just means being passionate about what you do and just living a life where you don't have to buy tons of stuff all the time to make yourself happy, but where you, you know, you know what is important to you. So that would be nice. Something like that. But it's still a long time away. (laughs) Well, you're starting it already, Jenny. So that's good. You're on the way there. So let's get to some fun questions, right? Some people like myself, I nerd out on interviewing people like you and hiking. What about you? What do you nerd out on? I love reading. I love nothing more than hiding behind a good novel for a few days. Um, I love hula hooping. It's one of my newer hobbies. Oh my God, I love hula hooping. <laughs> I, I travel with a hula hoop. I got into bullet journal recently. Oh, you hula hoop as well? That's yes. so funny. <laughs> I'm a super novice, um, but it's really fun. Yeah, I love hiking as well. To be honest, my biggest passion is probably food in the whole world. I love eating and I love nothing more than traveling and eating new food all around the world, especially anything that is either a dumpling or soup (laughs) is perfect. (laughs) All right. You and I need to meet up one day and hula hoop and eat dumplings and noodles because yes, (laughs) while we're hiking. Exactly. That sounds like my perfect day. (laughs) Yes. We're going to make this happen, Jenny. Having traveled to so many different places, what has been the most life-changing meeting with a person that you have ever encountered? Ah, it's it's impossible to say, to be honest. I can't say that. For me, it's like all the women that I meet. And I say women, and I mean that as well, because I mean I meet a lot of guys as well, and they're great, and they're fun. But I've never had a specifically strong connection with women in my old life. Like, obviously, I had girlfriends, but it was never... I never really realized how strong a community there is or there can be if women get together and support each other. So I think that is probably the most life-changing thing that I've learned. And I think it's so important to realize that we can really lift each other up and what we can accomplish if we help each other out. And I think that should be said more. It should be done more. And I really want to see that happening. And I, that's why I love your community so much, Jenny's, because you're doing that and you're really helping women lift each other up. Thank you. I, I love that you say that because... I think this is kind of like in pop culture or in our society, we always hear, you know, about bitch fights and all of that stuff. And it's just not the reality. It's just not in our nature. You know, this is just how kind of TV shows portray communities of women. But it's not like that. It's about support and encouraging each other. And you see that in like in my Facebook group every day. And it just makes me so happy. Like people come and they ask a question that you could consider as like a super beginner question. And maybe they could have Googled it. Okay. But people are still there answering and helping and supporting and sharing their own stories. And it's just absolutely incredible. Every every single day. It's just lovely. Is there any question you wish people asked you more of? It depends on who. Because um, my friends at home, And my digital nomad friends tend to ask very different questions. I think one of the things that sounds, I don't don't even know if I should say this or not, if it sounds much more depressing than it is, and it's not really. Um, But something that I've realized, and we've actually spoken about this in my group uh, maybe a week or two ago because I posted about it, is um, a lot of people who are not digital nomads, so my friends from home um, or from university, they will ask me, hey, where are you? And I'll tell them where I am. And they're like, oh, so how is that city? They don't actually tend to ask how I am. And I don't mean this in a mean way at all, because I know that they care. But I think 
that they assume because we're living this lifestyle that we're happy all the time. So I think the reality of that, and that also tends to happen, that can happen with digital nomads as well. So especially people who are right at the beginning, I think they're not necessarily on a personal level for me, because I do find I have these conversations a lot, but I think this conversation needs to be out there more, like the reality of the digital nomad life and that it's not just perfect all the time. So I think that's something that could probably be talked about. So Jenny, what are you working on right now that's really exciting to you? Well, to be honest, for me, the most exciting thing at the moment is still the inner circle. It's still my newest thing. I only launched it in January. So that is our membership site. It's just incredible to see how it's growing and how the girls are connecting with each other. We just had an open doors just a week ago. So we welcomed 54 new members, which was absolutely amazing. And it's just, yeah, it's just seeing that this, this baby that I had kind of dreamed up in my head and I had this idea because I didn't know if it was going to work. You know, I had just like spoken to so many people and I realized what they were missing is accountability and consistency and connection. So I was like, okay, how can I build that? And for me, the best way to do that was through the inner circle and through creating a membership site. So now that it's reality, it's just very exciting to see how it's evolving and and changing and growing and developing because that's the fun thing about a membership site. It's never the same. It's not like a course that you create or like an ebook and then it's always the same. You, it's just ever evolving. Every month it's different. So I love that. That's still really my most um, exciting thing. And also I'm already looking ahead at obviously a few other things because of the shiny object syndrome and <laughs> definitely <laughs> getting back into the retreats is also something I just can't wait to do. I love running in-person events. I love talking to people in real life and just meeting them all and connecting them with each other. It's just incredible. I just had to put it on pause this year because I can't do everything at once. So next year we're starting up with the retreats again and I'm super excited about that. So many exciting things. I can't wait to see and hear more about it. Now, if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? Um, they can find me on digitalnomadgirls.com. Or if you are a girl and you want to join, uh, join our Facebook group, it's just just search Digital Nomad Girls Community on Facebook and you can join us there. Um, we're also on Instagram at Digital Nomad Girls, so all the ways. And if you're interested in the Inner Circle, you can click on our website and we have a link going to our Inner Circle waitlist because we're currently closed, but you can sign up there for our newsletter and then you'll know when we're open again. Perfect. Thank you so much, Jenny, for joining us today and for all of these incredible tips. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Jenny. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to find out how to create an effective virtual co-working space. Offbeat family, I really appreciate you listening to this episode. I would love to hear more from you and what you think of the podcast. Suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, or maybe you just want to be friends. Why don't we chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life or send me a message at hello at theoffbeatlife.com. I can't wait to hear from you.